Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got to set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice... It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. You're listening to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast where we can't do an intro on the first take. Still. Double bump, double bump, double on the bump right button. off the gate. I've been talking for 38 seconds. Homie said we ain't recording. <laughs> Back at it again. Still coming at you on Wednesdays. Let's prime rib. Yeah, man. You we, did. You had what? prime rib tonight. I had prime rib today. I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud. I'm proud. Prime rib and shrimp. Ooh. Shrimp's like when you listen on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It ain't All prime right. rib day, but it's Man, shrimp. Leftover day. shrimp sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. You know, it's not. It's not real good. But Basically, this podcast. Do what yeah, we can. whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we have way better content coming for you in this episode compared to the intro. That's yeah. for damn sure. Um, who we have on this week, homie? We had on Clayton Coyle. Yeah, Clayton Coyle, the guy who shot the elk in the chest. Oh yes. 
I'm about sure you that. guys seen that episode. We we touch a little bit that on that this episode. Um, I'm sure you've seen that clip. Yeah. On uh, YouTube, uh, pretty epic. Um, he killed an absolute mega tank, 200 plus inch white tail. We cover that in this episode, and we cover him getting into filming. Um, him and his dad been doing a long time. Um, starting his own YouTube, so we always love to to shout out that so our listeners can follow another guy on YouTube and absorb some content. Um, let's get into the people that make this possible. VIP veteran Broadhead. Um, combat veteran, still still rocking, man. Um, have, have you been shooting it into any foam? We've had some keep a couple nice days. I would say I've had a couple nice days. I haven't got a Broadhead screwed on. I've been worried about um, getting my shot in for the one-shot yard league and the bow hunting league. Um, which VIP is a part of, so um, that's taken over my shooting time. I got my, my brand new time. broadhead target, and I haven't shot one yet. I know. I got one for Christmas as well, and I have yet to send a, a new head into yeah, it. The the weather's just finally kind of breaking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, can... it's hit and miss. Like, I did my— It's not 20-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah, I would say <laughs> I did my shot yard league, you know, like five days early, yeah. you know, like because it's the only nice day in the in the forecast. Yeah. So like, you got to get it in when you can. Heck, yeah. You got the, the VIP shout-out. Yeah, this week's shout-out is Marcus Weatherford. Um, he was in the Marines, and I, I begged and begged for him to tell me um, a little bit more. He said, you know, man, I just want you to shout me out, and um, I just want to hear my name on the show. Said he was going to check it out. Um, after after begging him for a little bit, um, he did tell me what he did, and um, it was a long list, man. Um, you know, he just wanted to keep it confidential. Um, hopes to be able to get back into the woods um, now that he's not, no longer um, serving. So, um, we'll uphold the man's wishes and you know that's what it is so marcus we appreciate your service and um i i know what you did um here after the show i'll tell cody what you did solid name yeah yeah i like i like um marcus with the k yeah so um we'll get you on the vip shout out board here in the studio and um you'll be remembered for wlp shout out forever man getting into ecw calls um they have a new batch of um, push calls, push or pull, um, single and double boxes are now available, and they have the um, the the picture or the background that was on the box calls last year. Nice. You know, um, a couple of toms on there fanned out, so those are now available on the ECW. Um, website, which is EmbryCustomWoodworking.com. I feel like if you're going to take a kid turkey hunting, you can't go wrong with that right there. They can't mess that up. No, push button is pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty solid. So as long as they don't hit it about 98 times, <laughs> right? um, I mean, I feel like they could feel like they're involved and, and hit the call a couple times, and, and that'd be the way to go. It would be. I'm going to say that's that's what I learned on. I, I killed a couple jakes on one, Did actually. You? Nice. Not ECW, but. What do you got on Ingram's up there on the notes? Yeah, Ingram has been on the coons. Oh yeah, hardcore. Been crushing the coons. Oh, I didn't know if he could read it. Or not. Yeah, oh, yeah. But yeah, he's he's been hammering the coons. Not that many bush um, lights deep. I can still read. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll give you props. Um, what he uh, he took in? I want to say uh, 15, 18 coons. Yeah. He got twenty four bucks. Yeah. He wasn't very impressed. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. He was. He did some. He he does all his, his tanning his own hide. So yeah. he is tube tanning. Is that what he called them? Yeah, tube. tube yeah. 
tube tannin some, um, so. a lot of guys seem to be like hey that was the way to go yeah i don't know i don't know much about I think it that is the other style where they're flat like that okay. and tubed it looks like they're kind of hanging i would say both yeah, sides of the hide yeah they so you kind of like roll them out like a deer for sure and then instead of cutting them and laying them flat for sure yeah i was that's that's how they looked in the picture is like yeah. they were they were rolled I out i think it'd be cool flat. to have a a tube hide i think when rainer gets his first coon i might tube hide it i need to do i got a couple squirrel tails i need to get salted up for him oh yeah had a pretty successful squirrel hunt <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean chris is doing it all right now so you know he he's full-time so he's he's wide open and you know available for anything except right now the coon hides are not going very high yeah yeah he's not very pumped about <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> All right, um, we're going to get into Exodus trail cameras. We are breaking this right now, Exodus trail cameras. We are now working with them guys full time. Um, they are going to have specific times where they want us to read or say things for them um, to promote, you know, what they have going on within their website, within their company. And, you know, we're going to do that wholeheartedly. But um, in the meantime, we're going to talk about our experience with their gear um, you know, we're gonna, we, we have a new mobile cam. We have their new render that's, we're gonna deploy this year. Um, we ran their Trek <clears throat> trail camera in the past, um, on yeah, the past, photo. past and, two years on photo and video. Yeah, photo and video mode. Um, it's hard to beat. So, um, you're gonna be hearing, you know, every week, a shouting out something from Exodus trail cameras. Um, be sure to check out their website, exodusoutdoorgear.com, and um, all of them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Whitetail Cribs. I, I like I like that they're on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah check out Whitetail Cribs on For sure. YouTube. So. I would say I like they're on Twitter, though. Yeah. A lot of people are overlooking that. Um, yeah. There's still, I would say, I can't preach enough that, you know, there's that little niche market that... I, I just don't believe that it's just us that have that, but you know, there's still a lot of hunters on there mm-hmm. that are still active and using that platform yep. as their media outlet. Yep. All right. Well, let's get into Scentlock. <clears throat> um, we have decided to step away from Scentlock, and we've we have we talked to a few people that have already known about this. Yes. And uh, they're all you know. The first question is why and what's next. So I'm going to cover the why right now. Um, so why is as whitetail hunters, um, we so we might promote a product, but if we find something that we want to try that we might think is better, we're gonna go to it because we want to, you know, promote the best product to you guys, right? And Scentlock is an absolute unbelievable product. We used it for I don't how many years before we even did anything with them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm still running their Oz bag, still ran run all their camo. Um. It's not that it's a bad product. It's an awesome product. It's just we want to try something different, you know what I mean? So we're not partnering with any other camo brand this year. We're just going to branch out and try some other stuff and see what's out there. Um, And that was kind of a – when you get into this industry, you don't know a lot, and um, we got in with them. It was great while we were there, um, but we tried to step away and and try some other brands. Me and Homie talked about it. We thought it was the best to do before we got really deep in their brand to if um, we feel like if it's a company that we're going to work with we want to work with them a long time and it's just we didn't feel like we could do that with Scentlock. do you think we covered the the why yeah pretty good yeah and yeah i mean just like cody said you know 
for the most part, we're still going to use, you know, a lot of their products in the meantime. Yeah, it's just we're not going to associate the podcast with them. Um, like I said, we're going to try other brands out there. We want to bring the best knowledge that we can to you guys. So um, what's next? We're going to try some other brands. We're going to try some other camos. We're going to see what we like in the off season, And then um, we have a lot of friends that are running other gear that we're going to try out. And just, just see what we like. You know, I mean, I've been running Scentlock a long time. There's a lot of – we checked out a lot of brands at ATA. A and, lot about the company that come a long way since yeah. I've tried something yeah. other than Scentlock. Yeah, Scentlock and Scentblocker, you know what I mean? And I feel like for the value, the price-wise to what you get, um, I feel like there's some other brands out there that might be a little better quality around the same price, um, warmer. Um, that's huge for me, man. I'm looking for that warm stuff. and. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's where next, man. We're just gonna try some stuff, and uh, I mean, when we when you guys see our content come out, you know what we're wearing because we've went through the ringer. And like I said, I got a lot of friends that are using a bunch of different stuff, and I don't know honestly what I'm gonna try or what I'm gonna use. But um, eventually, I'm gonna find something that I'm gonna run for the season. I'm you know how I am. Once I find something I like, I'm gonna oh, yeah. stick to it. You know what I mean? Say, yeah, that's why you have a nine year old bow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So um, that's that's what we got going on there. We just wanted to shout out that we we hadn't shouted them out, uh, and we didn't want to just not shout them out and not tell the listeners what we had yeah. going on. So yeah, just kind of be a blank space and be like, well, y'all, you guys always say this, or you yeah, know, you always cover this. So because we already told a few people and they they wanted to know why, so that's our why, and yep. uh, and we are moving on. Um, hats. You want to cover the hats? Oh man, dude, it's been a it's been a long time coming, and um, here in January we finally um, displayed our hats on our social media. Um, put a link right to the website, whitetaillegacypodcast.com. Um, so you'd be able to go there, find the shop, and um, get you a hat. Uh, we have charcoal gray and black. We have the real tree OG with black. Um, both snapback right now. And um, if you want to get a hat, you can go right there and get you one. Um, we do have more stickers coming. Uh, more stickers will be here on the 17th. So um, we do have window decals. Um, and then more products down the line. We're, we're working on stuff. We're just working on the money to front to get everything in motion yep. at this point other than what we have on there right now. Yeah, well, big shout-out to everybody that's bought. We've sold an absolute ton, more than we thought we would, you know what I mean? So shout-out to the people that have purchased them and uh, supporting this podcast. Um, we definitely are not making a living doing this. No. <laughs> I had a guy message me on LinkedIn like, I, uh, would you break down how you're making a living from podcasting? I'm like, bro, <laughs> you don't even know. If I was making a living from this, I'd live on tuna cans or something. Right? <laughs> I ain't making nothing, so... Um, but yeah, just shout out to all the, the listeners and followers that have that bought a hat or a sticker. Um, we got a lot of people that are wanting to just buy stickers, so we're yeah. gonna get some more in there in stock for you guys, and you guys can have at it. But hats are in stock for the moment that we release this episode, but we cannot guarantee <laughs> at any time that they will be there. So, um, like I said, just appreciate you guys hitting that like button, um, buying some hats, subscribing, everything you do for us. Uh, yeah. I I want to shout out um, Matt Talkington and uh, Brian Johnson, Um, also Jeremiah Gatsby, Um, a lot of guys out there supporting us every day on social and, you know, interacting with us, Um, bought a couple hats, Um, you know, just we appreciate you guys and 
everybody else. Yeah. Um, that's something that we are going to do. If you if you do buy something from the store, um, we will be trying to give you guys a shout-out. We think it's important. The people that have bought already, you we already gave you a special thank <laughs> you because you were the first first and running. But uh, if you buy something from the store, message us and say, hey, man, bought you something, and we'll give you a shout-out on, on the episode for supporting us. Um, the Last Breath TV Huntroversy. We yeah. Got, we got the privilege of going on their podcast, like we shouted out on our social. Um, if you guys aren't following them, they're doing um, Huntroversies where they're covering a edgy topic in, the, in hunting. Edgy um, for sure. Yeah, and uh, we covered jealousy in this episode. They just released it Monday. So this is Wednesday when you're listening to this in your ear holes. It came out Monday. So after you get done listening to this, go over there, listen to that. Um, homie, you want to dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, you know, um, Grant had a very good five different types of jealousy and um, hit Cody and I with them. And we were able to give our opinions on it. And, um, you know, it, I think it's a really good outlet for you guys to learn about you know, more about Cody and I, I know at this point you guys, you know, have listened to quite a bit, you know, a lot of hours of Cody and I talking, um, you know, and even more hours of Cody and I listening. And, you know, when you're a guest on a show is we try to be, you know, like we would want a guest and be very vocal and try to keep a show flowing. And, you know, we kind of let it all hang out and, um, we give our opinions on, you know, the different types of jealousy that Grant has for us. And um, I, th- I think it turned out very good. And there's a couple of them like, you know, we're not we're not so one way or the other. Like we can I, I can definitely see both sides of it. And um, it, it just all is what you put into it. Yep, that's for sure. So check that out. Like I said, follow their podcast. Those guys, they're putting out content weekly. On Monday, so it's another great podcast, another great group of guys that are are doing good things to promote hunting in a good way. Um, let's get into the show. This has been kind of a long intro, but we had to catch you guys up for sure. And uh, lots we of got us, the heater ripping. Yeah, a lot of stuff's <laughs> happened since since ATA and going through some stuff. So uh, appreciate you rocking through the intro for us. Let's get into the content. All right, boys and girls, we got Clayton Coyle on. Um, he's going to talk to us a little bit about everything. He's running Coil Productions, um, killing some giant bucks, killing some elk. Um, he reached out to us. Man, I appreciate you reaching out to us and uh, coming on the show. Yeah, no no problem. I appreciate you guys uh, allowing me on there. It's always nice to talk some hunting. Oh, yeah. We love it when a listener reaches out and says they want to come on. It's cool for us to be able to have the outlet, like we were saying, to allow people to tell the stories and uh, – just make some friends. That's the best thing about, you know, having regular guys on is we get to make a connection um, that we wouldn't be able to make with someone, you know, that was a hunting celebrity or something. We can make a friendship with you, and you never know where friendships friendships go. But uh, let's get into this, and uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and let the listeners know a little bit about you. Yeah, my name's uh, Clayton Coyle. I am, uh, I'm a real estate agent in Kansas and Missouri. Um, I specialize in, in land and um, developments. Um, I was born and raised here. I've grown up in Kansas City. Go Chiefs! We just kicked butt in the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, so that was always that was a lot of fun. I should have gone to the parade, but I didn't. Um, I love to hunt and fish. It's basically my life. It's all I do. So uh, yeah, that's about that's about it. Really, 
<laughs> nice. Kansas City, Kansas. I spent some time down in there. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I never got to oh, get I out did. to the woods, oh, though. I, <laughs> I was always in the city. So. Yeah, yeah. There's little, there's lots of little pockets around here that have some big deer in them, for sure. Yeah, so we're going to start off with elk hunting here. Um, you have, I think, one of the most viral clips for elk hunting that I've ever seen. I've, I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't seen it, really. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and talk about, you know, getting into elk hunting and then talk about that clip if you want to and take the reins. Yeah. Yeah, man. So so really, for uh, for me, it all started when I was seven. I was obsessed with bow hunting, and my dad was like, you know, uh, if you want to, if you can pass your hunter safety education, I'll buy you a bow. We'll get you to 30 pounds, and you can shoot a deer. So it started then, and, and got my first deer that year, and then it just started firing me. And um, obviously, I started to want to hunt everything. So for my 13th birthday, my dad was like, "Hey, you know, you're old enough to go hunt elk. You know, let's go on a trip for your birthday, um, and we can go." go hunt elk so i was like absolutely so started shooting my bow getting ready for it um we went to jackson hole wyoming and hunted the national uh Teton national forest the boundary lines out there so there was uh tons of elk and, and grizzlies and stuff that made for some interesting adventures but um yeah man that 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 elk that elk video went pretty wild i i actually obviously filmed it when I was like 13 or 14. I think I was 14 by the time we made it to the hunt, but, um, we, uh, sorry, I'm stalling. We, uh, we got to Wyoming and the first day we went out and, um, saw a bunch of elk, heard some bugles, walked a lot and, there on uh we didn't really see much for us that day and the second day we decided to go our guide decided to go to a new spot that they had they had us that they just got for that year so we pulled up with the, the horses and whatnot and we start heading up and we hear a bugle and immediately we we stop what we're doing and you get down and try to sneak up to see him and there was like 100 elk out in this meadow and uh so we went we went into the edge of the woods obviously and, and called to them and we probably sat there set up for like an hour and a half just kind of calling every once in a while and listening and um by the time we hit like hour 45 two hours we're sitting there with not much happening we decided we were gonna go see if we could spot them again and get closer and uh like right when of course it always happens like this i don't know why but once we got everything packed up we got the camera packed up and all our gear and uh, there's a bull ripped out a bugle like 150 yards up the hill. And, uh, I mean, we were scrambling to get set back up because he was close. So we got set up. Everything was ready. My guy just falling behind me. You could see him up on the hill about 80 yards from us raking a tree. He did that for probably like 20 minutes, but it felt like an hour. And uh, finally he started I mean, you can see, see from the video from there on, he came down the hill. And on our way down there to the to Wyoming, me and my dad had talked, like, you know, obviously you're not going to get a perfect shot every time, so what are you going to do in certain situations? And we talked, and, you know, I thought, hey, you know, I'm comfortable out to 30 yards to, to shoot an animal facing on. 
and uh, that's just what happened. And so when he stopped there at that log, I was like, I can wait, or he's going to either look at us and bolt. And so I just, once that thought went through my head, I, I cut it loose, and, you know, they did the deal. So it was pretty crazy. It honestly didn't know what to say and, or do or anything. It was like our guides were yelling at us to be quiet because they wanted to hear where the elk was running off. When they got down to us, they hadn't even seen it yet, and we're like, the elk's right there. They're like, <laughs> blown away. Yeah, yeah. when, <laughs> I, like, when I watch the video, I'm on? like, I'm like, damn. And then I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you when you see the knock hit, and yeah. it, it's red, you know, or orange, or, yeah. you know, whatever color you want to call it, and then the blood just starts coming, and you're like, okay, what is going on now? And the elk's just standing there. Yeah. He don't know what to do. Nobody knows what no. to do right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had an arrow knock within like two seconds, and I actually drew back on him while he was standing there. So he was—he, I mean, he saw me move, and he knew I was there. But for whatever reason, he just didn't go. Stunned. I, I mean, I could have shot him again, but I saw him start to rear back, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't need to put another one in him. I think he's done." Yeah, it's pretty epic, so, man. So, but yeah, you yeah, said that—that awesome. that will be premiering again on what show? It's on Viral Outdoors. Viral um, Outdoors. So if our listeners want to see that, um, Matt Busby, is that how you say his last name? Busbus, yeah. Busbus, yeah, Busbus, yep. Viral Outdoors, yeah. That's going to be cool. I'll be enjoying watching that again. Yeah. You probably watch that a yeah, hundred times, yeah, it's and it's fun. still cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so being so young, yeah. like, did it really, like, soak in that you just killed, like, a giant elk? Um, yes, obviously. Obviously, no. I I I couldn't have dreamt of a better a better bull in a better scenario. But I don't know, man. Every time I every time I kill a, a trophy animal for for whatever reason, which is why I do it, every every moment's a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like for me, like like when I shot my two hundred inch deer, I was just full of excitement, and uh, you know, I mean, it was just like an unreal deal. And then when I shot. I shot a different elk in, in New Mexico. Um, I mean, it, it was a big bull, but I fell apart. Like, I, I could not control myself. I was crying for, like, an hour. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't catch my breath. And that, that to me, was just a, a whole different, what, for whatever reason, I, you can't explain it, but it's just, it's every time different. So, yeah, I mean, I, I knew I shot a big elk and. And I, I hadn't really processed how uh, how cool it was, like the whole nymph dropping in front of me. I guess it was just kind of in the moment it happened. I, I was more stunned that he didn't run away. I was more like worried about where he was going to run to. Now, you don't see a lot and, of elk drop no. with a bow, you know what I mean? With a rifle, you see a yeah. few, but most of the time they still go a little bit, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. with a bow, you don't see him just like – and the way he dropped just – yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah 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 people have asked me if he uh broke his nose when he did that and the funny thing is is when i i, I him out of that bowl and so when he was on my wall i heard something when i was in my room one night and i looked up and the his i don't know what bone it is but the half of his nose had broken off and fell wow. fell off the Jeez. mouth so i think he actually might have broken his nose yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh, can you maybe touch on, like, if the meat tasted different from your New Mexico bowl to your other one? Um, You know, 
I shot I shot my New Mexico bull like two years ago, and uh, the elk, the famous elk I shot one like nine years ago. So I don't really remember that well, but I mean it's all good. I love it all. I would say yeah. I know I've had elk meat from Colorado, and it was a cow. But I mean, it was just absolutely phenomenal. I think it was the closest thing to beef that you could get. Oh gosh, oh it's it's amazing. I, we had it all cut up with super nice steaks. Yeah, I just I wish I had more. Man, an elk <laughs> elk steaks just got to be absolute fire. Yeah, especially if you shot it. Yeah. Oh, dude. oh yeah, real pleasing. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how I got started out west. Um, was basically that trip, and and from there on, I've been to uh, Idaho. I was unsuccessful there. Um, I've been to Wyoming again on a do-yourself deal, and that was an awesome hunt. But we just couldn't we couldn't get on them. We saw some bulls, but um, so we were unsuccessful there. And then we went to New Mexico, um, and that was a I mean it was a trip of a lifetime. I saw probably like six bulls over 380. Um, but we were just too early, so they're still all grouped up and being lame, so they weren't doing nothing. But the bull I killed was like a 300-inch bull, but I just posted that video on YouTube of it, actually. I don't know if you guys want to check that out later. But um, um. It was just one of those hunts that I, gosh, after I shot him, it was like the first time I've ever been able to control myself, for sure. Yeah, That's why I love this. Why I love hunting, man. It's addicting. I would say you never know what each different situation is gonna, you know, bring out of you, or how you're gonna react, or an animal's gonna react. And I think that's one thing that we all love about it, is just that element of surprise, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is absolutely. is elk hunting really as addicting as everybody says it is? Have you never been elk hunting? No. <laughs> I, I, Shit, tell, no. I tell every single person this. I tell every single person this. If you have an opportunity to go elk hunt, no matter what kind of hunt it is, paid for, do it yourself, any of that, you need to go. Yeah, see, I, mean, it, like, is, I definitely want to go. It's an experience of a lifetime. I see, you and hear it, your first bugle. People make it. People talk about it all the time, and they're not lying. Like it is, it is such a feeling to be out there chasing them, man. It's. They say like giant turkeys. Right. And um, I'm a little bit more up on turkeys than I think the average guy is as far as hunting them. But like everybody says, once you go, like you just can't not go again. Like you have to keep going. And that's the thing I'm worried about because then now I got an extra hunting trip planned, extra vacation time planned, you know. So yeah, I'm going to get out there, but well, it's just. You got to, you got to go, you got to make it happen. I mean, it's, it's unreal. Like, I didn't go this year, and I've been pretty depressed about it. Like, man, yeah. it is an experience. So we just booked another hunt for next year in Wyoming, so I'm stuck to get back out there and try again. But, yeah, you guys need to go for sure. We might make it out there ten years, <laughs> ten year plan. <laughs> we'll have we'll have to do like we do now, just be like, all right, babe, we're gonna take the kids, yeah, make it make it about the kids, yeah. and be like, ah, we're actually getting out there. <laughs> That's how we do everything else. That's the only reason we get to do anything. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, you kind of touched on it here. We're gonna sh- transition to um, what we're wh- about, yeah, whitetails. Um, so we're gonna transition here to whitetail. All right. Um. You kind of mentioned it, 
so you've you've obviously you know grew up hunting and you've been successful you've got a buck down um he's got some character to him are they considered flyers or drop tines i've been told that they're considered flyers flyers yep and i think that's because they are off a tine they're not off the main beam Oh, I didn't so, know that. So I've been told. I can't remember if I asked the official score about that or a buddy of mine that's obsessed with deer, but yeah, I think it's considered a flyer. All right. So. Um, can you maybe go into a little bit of that hunt and, you know, about that deer? Yeah, so um, his name's Carl. <laughs> uh, Carl started in 2016. I, uh, 2016 was actually the first year. I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go before Carl because it kind of puts the story together. Um, 2016 deer season, I was chasing a 200 inch buck that I had hunted for two years. Um, his name was Ike. And he ran around with that deer that I actually posted like yesterday of that deadhead, mm-hmm. the 194 deadhead. Ike was, Ike was running with that buck. Um, and he was basically a mainframe 10-pointer with a double main beam with a drop tine and, like, baseball bat mass. Um, so 2016, I hunted him, like, probably the hardest I've ever hunted. I did, like, 17 straight all-day sits. Um, it was brutal. But uh, the end result was I finally got him coming into a food plot um, and some corn, and... He came in to 20 yards on, like, November 27th, and um, I never got it done on him because he came in and it got too dark. And so the next year, he got smaller, um, and I still hunted him because he was still a giant. That was in 2017, the year I killed Carl. So Carl... Me and my buddy were shed hunting, and he found his biggest shed ever, which was like an 82-inch five-point side, which ends up being Carl. And we found that about three miles north of where I killed him. So he traveled a lot. Um, but basically, I'm in, the real, I'm in real estate, so we, we bought an investment property that we, we knew was good for hunting that we could flip. And you know, to to a developer or a guy that hunts or whatever, um, and so we bought that property. And I was joking around with my buddy, like, "Hey, dude, you're gonna have to give me that shed because that deer's gonna show up on this new piece." He was like, "Oh yeah, whatever." And that was like right after he found it. So um, while I was hunting hike, I'd never seen Carl before. I was running cameras on the new property. Um, there was some decent bucks, but Ike was up. Ike was the, the man. He was the bigger deer out of, out of all of them. So I chased him and, uh, never caught up with him. And then my dad actually spilled a, our corn trailer. We hauled corn with trailers to our feeders and whatnot. He actually drove in a ditch on this new piece of property and spilled the whole trailer. And so he slapped the trail camera on it. And we hadn't really... I, we were both hunting different deer, so we weren't really worried about anything else. 
so my mom was actually walking the dogs out on the new property and she pulled the card and we were looking at it and that was when I got the first picture of it. And I immediately knew that it was the buck that my buddy had found the sh- his biggest shed off of. And then it all came together about how we were joking about him actually showing up. So obviously a deer of that magnitude, I dropped everything I was doing on ice, focus, turned my focus on this deer, and I came up with a game plan. And, uh, man, he was, uh, for being that big and, and as old as I think he was, which was like six or seven, you you could really tell how smart he was because literally I had him coming in. My first picture was of him was November 29th, and I got everything set up probably about the 1st of December. Um, we had the only crops around like 11,000 acres. So that's why all these deer were coming to this, this property. Um, so I get the first picture of him on the 29th. I get everything set up on the 1st. And immediately, the first night of pictures, I had my text camera out there. Shout out to Gilbert. Um, sending me pictures of him immediately, like the first night out there. He's there, chowing corn, not in the daylight. He was like, you know, middle of the night like they always do. So I'm like, okay, he's still there. Game plan set. I know I'm going to kill him as long as it keeps coming. So I started hunting him on the good winds, which it was a really, really cold December. I don't know if you guys remember the 2017 December, how, how brutally cold it was, at least here. Um, I mean, we were in like, like in the teens every day. So he was coming in every night. I was hunting when I could. Um, I think I, I hunted every single day in December except three um so i would hunt i would get in my blind i'd hunt i'd see probably 50 deer it wouldn't come out and i would walk back to my truck hop in my truck get all my gear off look at my phone and i'm and it, i have i have pictures from where i was just sitting Ooh. and sure enough literally been out of the blind for 12 minutes and he's standing in front of my blind at 20 yards right after I left. This was like probably December 15th after I've been hunting. I mean, he's on camera every single night. So he does that to me. So I'm really, really starting to get irritated with him. And he's still showing up. I'm still hunting. And uh, he, did, he actually did that to me two more times. Not exactly that fast, but literally within me getting in my truck and pulling out of there. So I eventually kind of caught on to the deer actually might be knowing what's going on. I don't know if he was, I mean, he could have been laying right there in the woods watching me walk out. You know, I have no idea. So I switched it up. I got closer to where he was coming out. Uh, Just off of a hunch feeling, really. I didn't have any cameras out besides just the one on the corn. Um, so I, I switched it up. I've been about 100, 100 yards closer to where I thought he was coming out. And he still he started showing up. He's still coming to the new the new spot. He has no problem with it every night. And then about, like, right after no, the day before Christmas, he did, it was the first night he never showed up. And so I'm like, you know, 
they immediately start thinking the worst. And um, so I, I went hunted on Christmas. I hunted Christmas Eve. Stopped showing up. Went on camera. We're now getting to, like, December 30th, and I still have not gotten a picture of him. So I'm, like, all down on myself. It's the last day of season. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot the first mature deer that walks out, and I'm going to call it a good year. You know, this if I can't kill this deer, it's just not meant to be. I, he wasn't even really on my mind. I was so upset about him disappearing. Um, it's negative 7 degrees with a wind chill of negative 20. I have, like, a... An acre of standing beans, so the deer's counting it. And I'm prepared to shoot. I had a, I had a few eight pointers that were old that I wouldn't mind shooting. Uh, There's a, a good ten pointer that was out there that I probably would have shot just in anger, but he was a four year old. Um, and the first deer comes out. It's a doe. And we're getting to like sunset time. The sun at you know the sun's just just hit the horizon. We have like three more does come out. And then a big group of does come out, like eight or nine of them. And they're all standing at like 120 yards. And I'm like, okay, you know, a buck's about to come out. They're getting all nervous. They're looking behind them. And I don't know if I can describe it very well, but there's like a, a big cedar tree that these does were standing pops his head out right behind those cedar trees and he's with all these does and it was like I it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean he was he was absolutely breathtaking. I mean it was like my dad actually pulled his phone out and started filming me in the blind while I was watching him. And they stood there at like a hundred yards and hung out for probably twenty minutes. He was chasing does around, making scrapes, rubbing trees, grunting. And uh, this one little tiny doe hops the fence, and she's she's in the field right in front of us at 20 yards. And once she cleared that fence, Carl flipped around, ignored everything else that was going on. He let out a giant roar. And he came running at the fence. He didn't even hesitate. Boom, jumps the fence. He's on that doe. And after this all went down, I finally realized that that doe was actually probably in heat. He was trying to, you know, not lose her. So this is December 31st, and it's like negative 20 degrees. So this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Uh, so... He's across the fence now, which puts him at 30 yards. I have all these clothes on because it's so cold. I have so much going on. And he's coming, and it's like all coming together that it's finally going to happen. So I get to full draw, and I don't know about you guys, but I can shoot my bow all day, all year. Uh, you know, I shoot really good for, you know, a for 80 yards, I can shoot a QT lid probably five out of eight times. But whenever I have, like, the animal that I'm going to kill that I've been hunting, like, super hard for me, I, like, completely forget. Like, what about you guys? Do you guys 
really fall apart or you guys really get to keep it together? I would say this year for me, like I, I was actually pretty solid <laughs> this year. Um, I had a mega giant on public, um, and I was pretty solid and like we had, we're running wireless audio. So like, I'm not breathing heavy or anything. I'm just really cool and calm. Um, also had another buck on our private piece come out, um, kind of, uh, one of the slower, um, turn of events that I've had, uh, with a buck and, um, I was able to th up there, I was actually thinking, ranging, um, something I, that I don't do a lot on actual live deer. So I would say this year, um, was a pretty solid year for me, like in the moment, getting it done. Um, obviously I didn't get it done, but like, as far as like everything leading up to the shot, um, I was pretty solid on, uh, in years past, yeah. um, you know, like when you do shoot a buck, like, I mean, for me, it's like the moment after you stop seeing the deer run like you know your last sight or if he goes down within sight like that's when it hits me the most is like you know knees start yeah. shaking you don't know if you're cold or if you're excited or you know you're both so what about you Cody? Yeah. well like like i was saying earlier you know like every 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 deal is different but with this one i mean i was watching him for 20 minutes so i'm rattled like to the bone like i am Ripping. I actually pulled my phone out and took a picture of it. <clears throat> but um, so I came to full draw, and for whatever reason, I had no reason to stop the deer. I mean, he was going to come into that doe and probably stop at some point. But I stopped him, and once I stopped him, I I shot, and dude, I shot like a foot over his back at thirty yards, and then uh, that doe. It, it all, so there's like 15 deer, but the only deer on my property that are, are across the fence are him and this doe that he jumped across to get to. Uh, and so what I, what I missed, she took off one way and he went the other way. Well, he didn't want to lose sight of her, so he actually stopped at like 50 yards. And it, it, it's in God's hands now. Somehow I got enough time to... Stop an arrow, range him, adjust my my sight. I was shooting a single pin, which I still am, but I, I adjust my sight. And I actually, he, he, once I got ready to draw back, I had put my finger release in my pocket, and I thought it was on my string. So I actually went to grab that and, like, fumbled my arrow around and stuff. <laughs> so he heard it. So he started to, he, he took a step. And so when he, when I saw he was about to move, I stopped him again. I, I drew back. I was like coaching myself in my head, like, you just screwed this up. You better freaking pull it together. And I cut it loose. And I like, it was like slow motion. Like I watched my arrow just like sail right to him. I knew it was going to hit him. And it just went, it just went forward of his, like, if you go center leg, up to, like, where you think the heart is. There's, like, the shoulder elbow part right there. Mm -hmm. Basically hit him at, like, the front of his shoulder. And I was shooting a Schwacker broadhead, and it actually cut. It broke both of his front legs. But the problem was, was I was in a hay bale blind that we had made. And so I could only see probably, like, 45 degrees. I got a 45-degree view. And, uh... When I shot him, 
he ran like directly back behind us, so I couldn't see him. I knew my shot was like decent, like I saw blood. I knew his leg was broke, at least one of them. And I just like, I mean, in that moment, I kind of looked back and wished that I had relaxed and just kind of enjoyed it a little bit. But I was like dead set on knowing where he went. So I flipped the hay bale blind over. My dad was with me. Um, <clears throat> the hay bale blind over, and I immediately started going to look for him because I knew that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to be far with his, with his leg messed up like that. Um, and I got way ahead of myself. I completely, like, fell apart. It was terrible. <laughs> but I immediately started looking for blood, whatever. I'm trying to track him, and my dad's like, dude, calm down. Like, just like, I got to know where he went. So we finally got on the blood trail, and I'm glad we did because there was blood just, like, everywhere, like, so much blood. There was a little dust in the snow. So, uh... I didn't know what this deer was going to do. He was running towards the road, and he was running towards property that I didn't have permission to be on. And so I didn't I didn't want him to get out of my property. So we immediately started tracking him, and we walked up on him, and he's still alive. And so I put another one in him and finished it off, and it just was crazy celebrations from there. I was so glad my dad was with me. That was just one of the, one of the most special moments for sure. We were both so rattled. And it was like negative 20 degrees, so like we're freaking out trying to enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, let's get to the truck. You know, like, let's get warm. Yeah. But it was, it was a moment of a lifetime, man. I'll never forget it for sure. I will say like, you know, in that moment when you are so worked up and, you know, you do miss like your first shot then like that second when you if you do get a second opportunity like i am just so rock solid because you know like you're kicking yourself in the ass you're like i'm a dumbass i shouldn't have done that i need oh. to do this you know you're just replaying it over oh. real quick and then when that second oh, yeah. opportunity comes you're just like you're so dialed in like well why didn't yep. you just do that on the first shot you know yep exactly i i probably called myself ten thousand words in like a second <laughs> Because the story I'm wouldn't have been as good. Yeah, right. <laughs> you got to miss the yeah. first time to make the story better. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You got you got to keep it interesting. Yeah, man, that's that's so, awesome. I seen that picture, man. That's an absolute giant whitetail, man. They don't get much more, you know, typical and big like that. So it's it's super, super awesome. Yeah, off the ground it, too. That's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. But you get that kind of temperatures, man. You gotta go in a blind. Yeah, I mean, there ain't no way in a stand in oh, the wind. There ain't no way. So props and, to you for going out I there mean, in that cold. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that December was like the most brutal December. Like I said, I was out there every day in December, but like three. So man, it was it was a grind for. That's probably the the hardest I've ever grinded it out for. Mm. Yeah, it makes it sweeter when it all comes together when you put that much effort and time into to one deer and to for it to come together and man, you're lucky lucky your dad drove that corn corn wagon over that <laughs> <Right>. ditch. <laughs> so Sorry, I'm losing you guys. Oh, I said I'm I said I'm lucky that you're lucky that your dad drove that corn wagon over that ditch. <laughs> I know, dude. If it wasn't for that, I would have had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And then, and then when I got the picture of him, I really started bugging my buddy about that shed. Oh yeah, he ended up giving it to me. Nice. <laughs> well, props to him, man. That's, a, that's just crazy. Yeah, the like, crazy thing is, 
Like, you know, you found that shed, you know, three miles north, which, you know, and then you're hunting late season for him to be at your, where you were hunting him, you know, and then the shed, you know, three miles away, like that's a long time to travel, you know, in the late season. But, you know, during the rut, we could definitely see that, but, you know, for the late season and then just, you know, the quick turnaround to shed, I mean, he might've shed into February, beginning of March or, you know, January or, you know, who knows whenever he shed, but just to travel that right. distance to get back to, you know, wherever his home range was one or the other, you know, that's. Well, I think, I think in his case, he was chasing crops because where he mm-hmm. lived, there was not, I mean, I had the only crop field and then there was another crop field that was probably six miles north. Yeah, with ag, I mean, that far away, that's kind of crazy to, for me because we got a lot of ag around us, mm-hmm. and then we get pictures of him, and he's, you know, Magnum P.I. we're talking about, you know, he's three miles early season from where he is rutting, and then if the shed that I found last year is actually him, that's another two miles to the north or mile and a half to the north of where we found him rutting, and it'd be like six miles from where we found him in the summer. Yeah. So that deer is really traveling, but there's no road. He's crossing one road. What about the one you found in the back? In the back? No, that was an no. old shed. Okay. That was the shed that have you ever have you ever found a shed, put it in your backpack, and lost it on the way out? <laughs> I, I have I have done that. Have I you? have done that. I found a shed on some public ground, really nice one, put it in the backpack. I'm trampling through like this marsh with eight foot tall, you know, cot cot what, what That's you, the one you lost? The yeah. one you sent me a picture of? The one back there in the back. Under yeah. the grass? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the All one right. yeah, I lost it. That's the one I found on Snake Den. Yeah. Lost on the way out. So it's probably still out there. We might be able to find it this year. Can you find a shed twice? I don't know. That would be cool. If I find it, I'll know it's one. I'd be like, right? yep, that's the one I lost out there. Now but... it's totally bleached because I'm sure you yeah. got it. It's all turned over now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it probably got washed away because I'm thinking I lost it in that bottom. And it when it flooded this, yeah. this spring, it it's in a pond somewhere. Some beavers chewing on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. Well, uh, you you're talking about your filming whitetails, and you're starting. You know, you got your own production company. Let's go into that a little bit. Yeah, I, it, it's not much of a it's not much of a company. It's really just me. Foil uh, Productions is just me. I I just photograph and video my stuff. I just made that up, so I have uh, uh, basically a, a title or a, or a signature. So Foil uh, Productions is basically uh just fun having fun in the having fun in the outdoors and sharing it i just really do instagram so um but yeah so i started hunting when i was seven and my dad actually filmed me since i started so it's kind of been a thing of ours that we've always filmed each other um hunting and sharing all these moments so that's always stuck with me i've always had a passion for that i enjoy uh making videos and and being able to have those memories on film that's a lot of fun to it uh, so yeah I, I basically I, I've, I've just got it I've just got into the photography side of things I mean we've always taken pretty cool pictures of our of our harvest but uh, I finally said you know I film all this stuff I need to get good at taking photos too and so I just started doing it and I've, I've worked with a couple of companies I worked with some, uh, Schwacker Broadheads on some stuff um, so I'm just kind of rolling with it, seeing where it goes. Wouldn't mind trying to make some money off of it, you know? Hey, man, you never know. Yeah. 
just keep keep going at it. But yeah, I think it's awesome that you're filming, especially with your dad. I I filmed like every shed that my sons found, and I got it like put together, and it's like a minute and forty seconds now. And one day when he's older, I'm gonna show him that, you know, and he might think it's awesome. Or he might not, but I still got it, and I think it's badass right now. Yeah. So I know 20 years, I'm going to be like, dude, this is the coolest video I got. Right. Him just finding Absolutely. 60 sheds, you know what I mean? So I make it a real big Absolutely. point. Like every time we find a shed with him, I got to stop, get my phone out, film it. I've only missed one right now, and uh, it's one like the dog found and then dropped and then he found. So I'm like, ah, is this really like a legit <laughs> one? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's still that a lot of fun, man. It's still cool to have you know all that stuff. Like right now, especially you know you doing what you're doing, like. And you already said it, like, you get to look back on that stuff. You get to watch you stick an elk, you know, quarter into you and just go down. Oh, yeah. I mean, all that stuff, you know, whitetail kills. Um, I mean, man, dude, like, if I had that, that would just be super cool. I'd be showing my oh, kid yeah. right now instead of the— We got tons of stuff, and, and that's the thing is that's why uh, I actually just— This year I've made it my goal to make about, like, a video a month and post it on YouTube. Uh you guys might go follow me and check it out. I just posted my first one, which is that New Mexico elk hunt. Uh, and I have a couple that I've posted over the years, but I haven't done anything for a while. What's your YouTube so handle, have, same? Uh, it's Coil it's Productions. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Not, if, we'll hit you up. We'll share the so, love. We'll yeah. check it out. We'll check it out. I'm going to say I'm always, yeah. always on there. So I literally have, I have so many hunts from since I was seven just stored up that I'm going to start cranking out, so. That's Some awesome, will be cool. Dude. Some will be just short clips of hunts or whatever. So yeah, it, entertaining. I would say that's something that you know we kind of fall short on is um, posting like you know the raw clips or the short clips. Um, we need to get better about it. We've talked about it. It's just you know time to edit. You know, get some stuff strung it's together. Of, it's a lot of work. And and props to the people out there that make it look easy because there's a lot of people that put out some sweet stuff like those un- i don't know if you guys seen those unguided outdoors the boat fishing dudes yeah yep yeah <clears throat> those guys we are follow them on tiktok awesome. we, we, we <laughs> met them through tiktok yeah we so. follow them on tiktok yeah man those guys are putting out some cool stuff yeah yeah they've so had that's, some that's incredible kind of, hunts man yeah so that's so. kind of where i'm getting I've, I've got some stuff and and i'm gonna i'm gonna put in the time and the effort to, to really try to make some cool videos these were they the one that just posted that spike buck that was like a foot away from the bow? Yeah, I said watch. Yeah. Or it was either them or the hunting public. No, it, no. I think it was. Un- I th- yeah. it, it was I titled it on like TikTok. watch me get run over by run over by a deer. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, I seen that. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I had the deer. Like all you see is the ass <laughs> of the deer right on the thing. <laughs> so. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, man. We always tell people like if you want to, th- if you're thinking about filming, starting, you know to want to do it just just get some stuff and start doing it because it's so cool your production doesn't have to compete with anybody else just do you like absolutely like me and homie the way we film and tell our stories is completely different than a lot of other people Mm -hmm. and we don't produce a lot of films because of it but our films aren't like our our main gig you know i mean we film because we want to film like we want the memory that's how i am it's super cool. I'm It'd not, be super cool for you when you get older and you have a kid and your son's like, hey, daddy, I want to watch you hunting on YouTube. You're like, yeah, yeah that's yeah, cool. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah, so. super cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm not the guy that'll, that'll pass up a, 
uh, shooter buck to get it on video. Like, there's some people out there that'll let them walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm not there. It ain't, yeah. it, ain't that, it ain't that important to me. I love it, but I'm going to shoot that thing. I'm yep. not there either. I <laughs> yeah. proved it this year. And just we like – just like, actually – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Cody and I, I don't know how many times we sat out here in the studio and just watch, you know, the raw clips. Um, the raw clips are pretty cool to just kick back and look at, let alone, you know, your production yeah. because, I mean, the, it's all polished and looks nice and, you know, the camera's solid. But, it, you know, four seconds ago, you just stripped over that log going up the hill and the camera's everywhere and the raw clips are, yeah. you know, a dime a dozen. Yeah. We actually uh... – my dad actually filmed uh, my 215, but it was so cold that the camera didn't format the video correctly on the SD card. So we had it all on film. He had it, but we just, it, the card froze or the camera melted, whatever happened. Man, could you imagine? That sucks. Yeah. How, how'd that if go I had when that you found video, that out? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it, it was a bummer, but, I mean, dude, I killed it. Still got, it, deer, still got it done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still got him. Yeah. So, yeah. In the end, you know that's what, what it matters. You know, I mean, uh, to the people that are out there that are doing it, you know, and they're making money and they're doing it for a living, like, you know, I, I props yeah. to them because they are passing deer to, to entertain people. Right. But guys like me yeah. and you and, and homie, who are, we're, uh, we're trying to create something, but uh, we're trying to do it our way. And I keep telling homie, like, when it becomes work, it's different if you're doing film and you're getting paid for it, then it should be work. And But right. in my mind, if you're doing film just to do film, it should be fun. And when it automatically becomes not fun, then you're not going to take your stuff and then you're not, yeah, then you're, sure. you're not filming anymore. So like, does it suck yeah. carrying all the extra bullshit in? Yes. But when you're up there and you're creating the content, you're getting the video or like, you know, you video a buck hitting a scrape at 12 yards. Like you're like, that was pretty, that was yeah. pretty cool. And then it's all worth it. You're like, well, I'm going to pack it in again tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love filming them for sure. <clears throat> have you, have you, um, done any realty videos with, uh, with, you know, your daily job there? Um, you know, I haven't, you mean like a, like a, like a vlog or like, like real estate, like, like a, like a real estate video for, you know, you showing off a house. Um, no. Alright. I don't I was gonna say I was gonna no. need some inside I, scoop. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I should. I should do something like that. I don't know. I just don't like putting myself out there being awkward. You gotta put yeah. yourself out there, man. You do. <laughs> one, thing, you one thing that me and homie has learned. There's always someone that's gonna be like these guys are awesome, and then these other guys are like these guys are bullshit. <laughs> so you just yeah. gotta just well, don't I, listen to either of them, and then you're you're solid. You know what I mean? That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm not. I I do a little bit of everything in real estate. My my our main deal is we buy and, and fix houses up and sell them, uh, and then like seconds probably buying land and, and splitting it into like big acreage lots and selling them off that way. Uh, but, you know, I've dabbled in some hunting properties and stuff. So I, I kind of do a mix of it. So I'm not really trying to to uh, just do one specific thing, like selling selling houses or, or selling people out. I'm, I'm more into the to the land and the getting in on the action side of things. Yeah, I would say you got to keep your portfolio diverse. You just don't want to get too much into oh, one I, thing, you I, know? Right, right. 
Um, yeah. Well, we'll wrap this one up here. Um, let the listeners know where they can find you and follow your stuff. I think we've kind of hit on it. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Coil Productions. And um, my YouTube, you probably just search playing Coil. You'll find me from the other video for sure. You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, just subscribe on my YouTube. I'll be posting some cool stuff in the next couple of years. So. I want to say, man, we're excited to follow you and, you know, make the connection and be able to watch your journey. Yeah, and huge thanks to you guys for letting me come on here. I I dig what you guys are doing and enjoy the podcast. So I wish we could have met at ATA. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been super cool. Um, You know, next year's ATA is going to be a little different for us, I think. So we'll have a little bit more free time and uh, be able to really – meet everybody you know that we come in contact with and or at least try to i you know you, you run into a guy and next thing you know you got a 20 minute conversation and you ain't even talked about anything so um yeah we'll, yeah. we'll definitely keep in touch and um we're gonna go hit up your youtube and check out this new mexico hunt sounds good man appreciate it guys have a good night all right and there we have it from clayton who um you know i whenever anybody comes on here and talks about, you know, having them memories and stuff from, you know, starting out, you know, their first days into the woods and, and having it up till now, you know, it, it just kind of hits like a soft spot in me because, you know, I don't have as many of them memories, you know, etched in stone like they do. And, you know, that is something that I wish I had, but, um, I'm glad you and I have both taken the initiative to do that for our kids in case they do want it. And just like you said, if they don't want it, you know, I still have it for me. So, um, that's something to, to think about as, as you try to leave a legacy and, you know, think about getting your kids, you know, whether you are photogenic, you know, maybe your kids are photogenic. So get out there, take some pictures of them in the woods. Um, maybe take a picture of them with their first shed and leave a legacy and watch your legacy is out.